LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Scott Sanders. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel centre ministry every week. Uh, but as you know, The One Thing is brought to you with thanks to Reach Australia. But for now, you press play on another episode of The One Thing, Bible Nudism. You're probably thinking, what is Bible nudism? So just as I sort of put that in front of you and get you to think about it, I'm going to introduce our, our guest today, and that's uh, Phil Colgan, who is the Senior Minister at St. George North Anglican Church in Sydney's South. G'day, Phil. G'day, Scott. Great to be with you. So tell us about St. George North Anglican Church. Yeah, so St. George North uh, is a church, by God's grace, that's grown over the last 20 years or so. Uh, we're now six different congregations uh, that meet across the, funnily enough, the St. George area of Sydney. Uh, and I've been here 18 years as the Senior Minister. Now, uh, Phil, 18 months ago you joined the Reach Australia Working Group and then you joined the Reach Australia Board. Can you tell us why you're part of Reach Australia? Yes, yeah, so I've been part of the Working Group for some time, but 18 months ago I joined the Board. Uh, the main reason is in what you said before about what Reach Australia is on about. If we're going to reach this country for Christ, the key is successful local churches. And by successful, I mean ones that are preaching God's word, that are evangelistic, that are looking to grow and multiply. So we need to plant those churches, but we also need to help the hundreds of churches that currently exist to grow and to uh, develop. That's what Reach Australia can be a part of. Now, we're just in another lockdown in Sydney. We've been blessed not to have had you know, lockdowns after the big lockdown, especially here in the south. We haven't had a, a lockdown like the Northern Beaches over Christmas. Uh, what are you finding uh, particularly challenging this time around? Yeah, I think it's fatigue. I think fatigue in those in ministry and fatigue in members of churches. Uh, there's, there's not a lot of excitement about returning to live streams or video recordings and all that sort of stuff. And I'm, just, I'm thinking as we head out of school holidays, we were meant to be getting back into our gospel teams, our midweek small groups this week. I'm not detecting a great amount of enthusiasm for doing that on Zoom at the moment. So just... Uh, fatigue and working out how can we keep fellowship happening. We know how to put out a video sermon or a live stream, but how can we have real fellowship happening when people really are sick of all this? Yeah, we've lost a lot of momentum, I'm feeling, again, which is uh, really frustrating. Uh, Now, we're talking about Bible nudism today, so I just want to play a quick soundbite from the Reach Australia National Conference uh, recently. Uh, Andrew Heard expressed the problem of Bible nudism uh, in uh, in a panel. And so the voices that you're going to hear on this, this grab are from Joe Clark, who's the maturity pastor at uh, Hunter Bible Church, and from Lionel Windsor, who's a Moore College New Testament lecturer. Let's just take a quick listen. I do think one of the ruts we're in is Bible nudism, for want of a better word, you know, that, um, that <laughs> we're, um, you know, we, we, we have this kind of idea that it's the Bible and not just the Bible alone, but only the Bible. Do you know? Whereas I think what, tell me if I'm wrong here, but I think what we're saying is there are other pieces and practices and activities that happen that God uses in the context of being bathed in the Word that mature us. Fair? Amen. (laughs) And I want to ask the question, why would we be saying the Bible alone? Like, what is the heart there that 
Are we feeling a little bit defensive, perhaps, that we've gotten some feedback about our ministry and we're thinking, oh, no, it's great, it's really good. See, I'm, I'm holding out the Bible. Um, but instead, coming to what you're saying here and saying, oh, actually, God has provided lots of different ways for us to grow and I want to be engaging with really richly with lots of different things and I'm constantly learning how to teach the Bible really well and not just go, there it is, that's good enough. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Lionel? Yeah, I mean, Bible nudism, um, it's funny, if you think about that idea... I'm sorry, actually, get rid of it. Yeah. No, 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 well, I'll run with it. No, I won't run with it. That's, <laughs> no. Just I'll say stop. Phil said Let's that just, one. Yeah, yeah, but, but actually, um, we actually we're, we're kidding ourselves if we think that, you know, we're just, we're just giving people the Bible and that's all we're doing. If we're giving people the Bible and, and that's kind of all we're doing, we're not. We're actually still relating to them in some way. Yeah. Um, but it's just not necessarily a well thought through, not intentional, not helpful, maybe bad way. Um, and so it's actually kind of working against it. So the Bible always comes in some ways in the context of relationships. Maybe sitting in a library is, is well, someone printed the Bible, that's about it. But normally it's coming in the context of relationships. So you actually have to work He was out, a lonely guy. A good <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but how do your relationships work? Uh, that's the other thing. Um, Sorry, no, it's all, it's all. no, no, I'm not. <laughs> My mother always said, if you don't have something helpful to say, don't say anything at all. <laughs> but the second thing to say about that is, in terms of the Bible alone, the Bible alone is a principle for authority. Um, it's yeah. not a principle for kind of, you know, not doing anything else at all ever in ministry. In the same way that faith alone is a principle for justification, but it's not a principle for Christian life in, overall. That is, faith alone, we are justified by faith alone. Yeah, yeah. But that doesn't mean don't ever do any good works because that'll detract from faith. Yes, yes. In the same way, Bible alone is our authority. That doesn't mean don't ever do anything else other than Bible. The big question really that sort of sits under this topic is how do we actually see Christians mature? How do we see people grow in their knowledge and their love of Jesus? Um, and one answer is the biblical nudist answer. You just teach them the Bible. Um, Fill it, fill it out more. Where, where do you see this? What, is it, what does it actually look like in practice, Bible nudism, from what you've seen? Yeah. Uh, well, the funny thing is, I, well, firstly, I don't think anyone would ever call themselves a Bible nudist. <laughs> At least I hope not. Uh, but uh, I, I don't think we call ourselves that. But I think, if anything, I have over my ministry had a tendency towards Bible nudism because I'm so committed to the souls of the Reformation. I'm so committed to Bible alone. You know, I go to a passage like Hebrews 4, it's the word of God that's living and active and sharp and so forth. And so I, I, I then think, so ministry is about bringing the word of God to bear on people, which mm. is absolutely true. Mm. It is the tool God uses to, to grow people, mature people. But then it's just a subtle thing where we then let that say it's the only thing God uses to grow his church and to grow people in maturity. Uh, so where do you see it? You see it where you start to think that teaching the Bible is not just the most important part of your ministry, but it's the entirety of your ministry, where uh, all we need to do is teach the Bible. Uh, and uh, you see it, I think, in a tendency where, where the, the pastor or the minister lives in his study working on his sermon, uh, rather than seeing there are other things to the role, other things that need to be done to create a church where maturity is going to... Now, now there, there could be a tendency for that just in the reality that over time with just ministry, it just wears you down. It's a safe space being in your ministry. You can control your sermon. 
Uh, you're not dealing with people. Uh, you're not dealing with pastoral problems. Uh, it's not. It's not complex either. It's very simple. You know. You know. You've got 25 to 35 minutes, three-point sermon structure. Bang out. Bang out. You know. State the point. Illustrate it. Show it from the Bible. Bang the point again. Move to the next one. Uh, so there's there is something sort of safe in being a Bible Bible nudist, but but it it doesn't see people actually grow in their knowledge and love of Jesus over time, and it's and I think it's quite a um, uh, it, it's a it's a picture of church life that that is that is not rich and uh, and deep in, in many ways. Yeah, I think I, I think one thing is if you're going to have an error, I'd rather you tend on this side. Mm. So uh, I th- I think you can you do see people grow. Because when the word of God is faithfully taught, people do grow. Uh, but my question is, is it the biblical picture for seeing disciples of Jesus grown and, and matured? Uh, and I think it's slightly more complex than just teach the Bible. Yeah, I think one of the confronting stats that came out of the conference, we did a bit of research into reformed evangelical uh, churches across Australia, uh, from the just looking at the NCLS data. And one of the things that we found was, you know, we... We're heavy on preaching. We're heavy on small groups. You know, our people love them, and that's what we affirm. But in terms of the sort of spiritual growth, you know, are our people spiritually great? There wasn't a greater difference between, you know, the the wider sort of Protestant group, which includes our charismatic, um, you know, brothers and sisters, and our well, probably not our liberal uh, brothers at brothers and sisters. Uh, and so, and so, uh, we we affirm these things, but we're actually not seeing the outcome of actually. You know, people growing. So, as you say, people people are and they can because God's word's living and active. But if we look at the data, we're actually not seeing that spiritual spiritual growth. Now, I don't want to get into the, you know, that question and the confusion around that. And but there is a reality that in our churches and in our sort of tribe, we're actually not seeing, you know, greater maturity or greater spiritual growth for the yeah. most part. Yeah, and I think that should make us ask too. But I mean, you can get into all the statistics and ask what do people mean by growth and all that yep, sort of thing. Yep. But I think it should make us ask two things. One is, are our sermons and our small groups, which we put so much stock in, at least in my camp, if you will, hmm. uh, are they actually doing what they're meant to do? So, so there's that question. Yep. But then there's the question of that we're talking about today, of are they the sum total of what we should be doing? Uh, and uh, that's where Andrew used that phrase, Bible news. news yeah, and, and that's where we, we, we raise the concept of sort of church as an ecosystem. Uh, and so church is a complex ecosystem where there's a number of things that are actually pressing on, you know, seeing an individual grow in Christ, but also the, the, the body of Christ grow in their relationship with Christ. So can you fill out what, what does the ecosystem concept mean to, mean to you? Yeah, well, if I can go back a step before I get to that, I think it's really important to ask, what does God use to mature his people? And the thing I want to affirm, and I think Andrew would have been that panel as well, is the Bible is the major Mm. fundamental thing God uses. The word of God is what he uses. Uh, But when you see the scriptures, you see that the Bible comes to bear on people in a context. Mm. uh, And God uses other things. Most fundamentally, he uses people people who teach the Bible, but also people who encourage, people who are an example. So you get 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, where we imitate Paul as he imitates the example of Christ. Uh, but more than that, it's the, it's the fellowship. It's the, uh, there's all sorts of things that go into helping a person keep trusting Jesus, grow in their knowledge and love of him. Uh, but those things have to be saturated in the word and understood in the context of the word. 
So I think that's the first thing to note. Yes, it's the Bible that matures people, but in a context of all these other things and using these other things. So you talk about saturated uh, in the ecosystem language. We want to see churches deep in the word, and, and you'll notice there's more arrows because that's that the idea that it's the engine room, it's the fountain. Um, it, it's critical to a healthy functioning ecosystem of church life. Yeah, yeah. So one example, when God talks about maturing us, probably what in his word, what he refers to more often than anything is suffering is what matures us. Mm. So actually suffering uh, is a tool God uses to mature his people. But it's suffering understood in the context of the word of God. Mm. So suffering in itself doesn't make us grow, but when we've been well taught in the scriptures, suffering put in its right context helps a person mature. So that's the sort of complexity I'm talking about. Mm. Now it's then that we get to the ecosystem at church and that's where we need to understand that that biblical nudism, we don't, our job is just not to get up and preach the Bible. Our job is to make the structures of church work, the, the interactions of people work to create an ecosystem where people are deep in the word, where people are saturated in the word. And we know this is true. We know it's not just about getting up and preaching a sermon. We know it matters that there's enough chairs put out for people to mm. use very fundamental <laughs> well, so, that, it, that it's warm, that, you know, that or, or that it's cool, depending <laughs> on if it's... <laughs> That's right. We know there are other factors that go into whether people have the Word of God brought to bear on them. Yeah. That people have a website that actually tells them the right time That's and right. gives them details where to park. And, and at the moment, a, a, a link that actually takes them to where they're going to hear the sermon. Uh, we know that it matters how you arrange morning tea because you want people speaking the word of truth in love mm. to one another. But if you don't create a system and a structure where people flow out of your church building and into the morning tea area, they won't, they'll go home yep. and they won't talk to one another. So the pastor who comes back and says, though, that's not my, that's not my job. You know, um, my job is to be a minister of the word and to, to be the one you know, bringing the word to bear. What, what do you say to him? Or her. <laughs> I say, absolutely right. It's not your job to do everything. And we know that from the scriptures. We're a body with all different parts. But in the end, if you if you see my job is Colossians 1.28, to see people presented mature or perfect mm. in Christ, it is your job to ensure, if you're the elder of your church, that that happens, that the things that need to have happen, happen so that the ecosystem is a healthy one where the word of God is coming to bear on people in a context of fellowship and prayer. Mm. Uh, so yes, there's, there's two ways to answer that question. Yes, it's not your job, Ephesians 4. Yes, it is your job to make sure it happens mm. because you are the person God has made responsible for this part of his flock. And in some sense, that comes out in the questions that you're asking. Uh, you know, is, is the preaching of the word of God, are our gospel teams, are our small groups seeing people mature in Christ? If they're not... Then, then assessing, asking the question, okay, well, why? What do we need to do to change? What do we need, uh, we need to, do to, to add into the system or pull out of the system so that we can actually see that the people of God deepen in their, in their faith? That, and that's right. Their that's right. I think in, in that panel at the REACH conference, Andrew talked about outcomes or outputs and so mm. forth. I talk about sometimes a feedback loop mm. where you've always got to be asking, are these structures, are these systems actually achieving the outcome? And Scott knows he's got onto one of my things I'm passionate about, which is I think often we see small groups as, a, as an end rather than a means. So what do, you mean, what do you mean by that, an end rather than, than a means? So we, we just think, I've got people in small groups, uh, that's that, rather than actually assessing, are people growing in these small groups? Mm. Are people actually studying the Bible? Is prayer occurring? Is rich fellowship happening? Uh, and are the people growing? 
they're the sort of questions you've got to ask. You've got to assess whether they're actually achieving the outcome. Yes, the, the, the growth is up to God, 1 Corinthians 3, but God's sovereignty and human responsibility are never set against themselves in the Scripture, against one another mm. in the Scripture. We are responsible for working out. Are we maximising these resources God's given us to grow people in maturity? So, so moving online and moving into lockdown, in some senses, I think has uh, made us a bit more thoughtful about the gathering. You know, we, we, have, we haven't had to just, you know, plug and play and set and forget because we've opened up our liturgy and gone, yep, next week we're just different New Testament, different Old Testament, and we have the same five songs. Uh, we've actually got, we actually had to think, I think, more intentionally about that. In terms of getting, um, you know, having a, a non... Uh, uh, a non-Bible nudist gathering. What, what, is, what, is that, what does that look like? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I, I think there's a word you use there, intentional. My, my hope would be just that not just online, but in general, we are intentional about our Sunday, assuming normally a Sunday, mm. Sunday gatherings. If there is one time in the week that we get maximum bang for our buck in terms of helping people mature, it is our Sunday gathering. Uh, so we should be intentional about it, investing in it. And thinking about, do these songs actually serve the purpose? Is the way we conduct music helpful? Uh, is the structure of our service helping people uh, understand the main things? Mm. Uh, thinking, how do, are our services saturated in prayer? Are our services saturated in the Word of God? Being intentional about that, yep. uh, I think, uh, is a fundamental part of getting the ecosystem right. It's not everything because you've got all these other parts of the ecosystem that are beyond the Sunday service or the Sunday gathering, but so important to be intentional about that. So for someone who hasn't uh, heard lots about the ecosystem, we'll put a link in the show notes to uh, a bit more about the ecosystem. But often we talk about it sort of having five uh, purposes or uh, you know, five areas, and some churches have four, some churches have six, some have seven, but we're kind of you know, landing on, on sort of we want to see people deep in the word, we want to see people... Uh, in community, loving one another. We want to see people serving one another and the body actually functioning well on mission, so being prayerful and, and actually seeing conversion growth. And then lastly, we want to see people responding to God, you know, growing in faith, repentance, love, um, you know, confessing this, you know, confessing this in. So that, that vertical relationship. How, yeah, what does it look like at Snack? You know, as you, as you talk ecosystem with your team, as you talk it with your key leaders in church life, how do you, how do you describe it and, and discuss it? Yeah, yeah. Well, what it's about is making sure that we're intentionally trying to en enable these things to happen on the input side, to yep. use that, that uh, language, and aiming for the outcomes, uh, aiming for people who are growing in their deepness in the word, aiming for people who are uh, growing in their uh, love for and benefit of fellowship. Uh, aiming for people who are evangelistically hearted and putting that into practice. So it's thinking through things intentionally, both in terms of what goes in and what comes out. Mm. Uh, that's how I think we yeah. try and put that into practice. Which, which comes out in, in some senses. You're a, you're a church now that's 450, 500 people on an that's average right. Sunday, yeah, yeah. which is going to be very different from a church of 150, 200 to a church of 50 as well in terms of the structures and the systems that you need. Uh, you know, Gospel teams seem to be a... A key, a key structure for you, as does your gatherings. You know the, the way you describe church was we've got six, you know, congregations, six yeah. gatherings on a Sunday. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Well, one of them's not on a Sunday anymore, but six in total. <laughs> uh, but uh, but that's right, and it depends on how you have to structure. You see, because we're multi-location, uh, and we we inherited small, rundown buildings, we very much have to work at the congregation as the basic 
mm. uh, unit. Mm. Uh, so in that sense, you could look at us as one church of, uh, well, over 500 adults and children, uh, but in another, we're six smaller churches. So some things we work, we have uh, structures or systems that uh, try and create an ecosystem right across the whole parish, other things internal to one congregation. Yeah, which is great. So so the idea of uh, there are some structures which, you know, you don't want to have a different... Uh, you know, integration path for people into church life. You know, you don't have different courses and different mission courses. Have the one, do it well, as opposed to having five different things and people choosing their own adventure. That's that's absolutely right. And evangelism is a big one of that. So we run one uh, life course, we call it, uh, that people from all different congregations invite their friends and family to come along to. Uh, but a gospel team is bound to the particular congregation mm. that people are a part of. Great, great. Well, I would love to spend more time pushing into the detail, uh, but what's the one thing that you want to say about Bible nudism? Yeah, the Bible is the key. That's the first thing. I'm going to say two things, Scott. That's the Bible right, is the key. Things. Everything we do must be saturated in the Bible. Everything we do must be tested against the Scriptures. In the end, the essence is bringing the Word of God to bear on people. But then don't be a reductionist. Don't then uh, fail to see... The, uh, the importance of thinking through all the, the structures and systems, the ecosystem of the church uh, to enable the word of God to come to bear on people. Great. Well, I'm going to open up the toolbox now. just want to uh, point to you uh, to a couple of uh, things. We'll put in the show notes just a link to where the ecosystem and the Reach Australia framework is spoken about in, in our most recent conference. If you want to also uh, grab a whole bunch of resources that push into some of those uh, purpose areas in church life, uh, then jump online and uh, look at the 2019 conference and the 2021 conference as well. Uh, likewise, I'll put a link in the show notes to the recent learning labs that we have. So because we were forced to meet in hubs this year, all our workshops went online and we call them learning labs. So learning lab is a workshop. There'll be a bunch of workshops that you can catch up with and, uh, and push into some of those key areas of church life. Well, it's really been good to have you on the uh, podcast, Phil. Thanks, Thanks for joining Scott. us. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, be another uh, another guest in in the next uh, in the next few months. So, I just want to do a quick shout out to the New Church Planting Australia podcast. Uh, we've just started releasing the Church Planting Australia podcast, and we'd love you to check it out. And importantly, think about someone you can actually send that to. It could be a potential church planter, uh, someone uh, in in your church who you think. These guys have got the, uh, the, the goods. So send it to, to them, get them listening to it, uh, and encourage them, if you're in leadership, uh, to be moving and making steps towards uh, planting. So go to your podcasting app and type in Church Planting Australia. I'm Scott Sanders. Chat soon. <laughs>